Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 516 and we're back in the book of 2 Kings. And we're dealing with the second of two great kings in 2 Kings, and that is King Josiah. My personal favorite of the Old Testament kings, uh, besides Kings Dave, King David, I suppose. Um, but Josiah, much to respect and admire about this king. Of course, in the end, he is a reminder to us that only King Jesus is the righteous king we need and the one that we've been longing for and waiting for and the one who brings all of God's purposes to fruition. But still, there's much to see here that is commendable, much we can learn from, and much that points us to Christ in the life of King Josiah. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your truth in your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to your people. We pray that you would bless us and teach us today through 2 Kings 23. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 2 Kings 23. Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the prophets, all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal, for Asherah, and for the host of heaven, he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. And he deposited the priests, sorry, and he deposed the priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in the high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem. Those also who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and the moon and the constellations and all the host of heaven. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kidron and beat it to dust and cast the dust of it upon the graves of the common people. And he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for Asherah. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on one's left at the gate of the city. However, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, so that no one may burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Molech. <clears throat> and he removed the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun at the entrance to the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan Melech, the chamberlain, which was in the precincts. 
and he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. And the altars on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, he pulled down and broke in pieces and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. And the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Sidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And he broke in pieces the pillars and cut down the Asherim and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar at Bethel, the high place erected by Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, that altar with the high place he pulled down and burned, reducing it to dust. He also burned the Asherah. And as Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mount. And he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it, according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed, who had predicted these things. Then he said, what is that monument that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and predicted these things that you have done against the altar at Bethel. And he said, Let him be. Let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came out of Samaria. And Josiah removed all the shrines also of the high places that were in the city of Samaria, cities of Samaria which the kings of Israel had made, provoking the Lord to anger. He did to them according to all that he had done at Bethel. And he sacrificed all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. <clears throat> and the king commanded all the people, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God. As it is written in this book of the covenant, for no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel or during all the days of the kings of Israel or of the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away the, the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest had found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Still, the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath by which his anger was kindled against Judah because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight as I have removed Israel and I will cast off this city that I have chosen Jerusalem and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did 
Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In his days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria, to the river Euphrates. King Josiah went to meet him, and Pharaoh Necho killed him at Megiddo as soon as he saw him. And his servants carried him dead in a chariot from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's place. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. And Pharaoh Necho put him in bonds at Ripla, in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And he laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the place of Josiah, his father, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoahaz away, and he came to Egypt and died there. And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give the money according to the command of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold of the people of the land from everyone according to his assessment to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebida, the daughter of Padea of Rumah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. That is 2 Kings chapter 23, a, a chapter that is so wonderful and encouraging and positive. We see things that have never happened in the whole history of Judah and Israel. Even King David didn't do some of the things that were done by Josiah. Such thorough and complete reformation is brought about under Josiah. And yet, because of years and generations and kings of faithlessness and idolatry, because there was so much that Josiah had to tear down and remove that had been built up over time, the Lord said, no, I'm still going to judge my people. And even Josiah himself foolishly went out into battle against Pharaoh Necho. And was killed, and his sons, his two sons that were chosen one after another to take his place, neither one of them was any good at all. So let's look at these things and what we can learn from them. First of all, we see the centrality of covenant here. In many ways, you can summarize the whole Bible as understanding the coming of the kingdom through covenant. So God brings his kingdom through covenant with his people. That is a way to understand the whole story arc of the Bible. And of course, the ultimate center of that is the king, Jesus, perfect and sinless, the righteous one, who brings the fullness of the kingdom through the new covenant, which is not like the old covenant because the new covenant is written on the tablets of hearts, changed by the Holy Spirit because Jesus fulfills the law. And so kingdom through covenant, ultimately we look to the king, Jesus, who brought the kingdom through the new covenant and he will consummate that new covenant when he comes again in the new heavens and the new earth which will be the fullness of the kingdom manifested but here we see even here kingdom through covenant king josiah 
is bringing a fuller manifestation of the kingdom by making this solemn covenant. It's the book of the covenant, which is probably Deuteronomy. And he is uh, writing the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. He stood by the pillar. He made a covenant before the Lord. He covenanted to walk after the Lord and all the people joined him in the covenant. So it comes from God through his word to God's anointed king to the people and everybody joins in. So the covenant today comes from God the Father through Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of the word of God and the righteous king to the people who join with him in that covenant. This is a beautiful picture. It's a powerful picture of the right way that things should be done. And immediately there is a thoroughgoing reformation. And reformation begins at the temple. It begins in the house of God. The New Testament lays out this principle very clearly. Judgment begins with the house of God. The first place to get in order is the temple, which means today the first place to get in order is the church. If we want to see God's word and God's kingdom and God's covenant rule through Jesus Christ spread throughout our culture or throughout the world, the first place that needs to have its house cleaned is the church. <clears throat> we need to reform our worship and our practices and get rid of all worldliness and idolatry. We need to get rid of all false worship and worldly worship. The worldly worship here was, you know, Asherah and Baal and the host of heaven and the male cult prostitutes and the high places that were in the cities of Judah. All of it needed to be burned to the ground and much of it needed to be defiled. And you see this thing about defiling by, by putting on uh, human bones. In some places, Josiah would go and say, why is this awful high place here? Well, this is the high priest of this high place. You see, the way this would work is, you know, if you lived in such and such a town, you would go to the, the hill outside of town, the high place, and you would bring an offering and you would pay the high priest. And it was kind of a moneymaker for the high priest. And it was also a source of, of uh, idolatry for the people. So Josiah said, kill the high priest, sacrifice him on the altar, which is an abomination, which defiles that entire place, makes it completely unclean and unholy, and then burn it to the ground. Well, this is a thoroughgoing reformation, and it may shock our sensibilities, but all of these people knew, they should have known very clearly, that there was a death penalty for this idolatry, for this leading people astray, for this horrible spiritual adultery that they were carrying on uh, against the Lord. And so much of this is done in the, in the Brook Kidron and the Kidron Valley, um, which is that valley that Jesus then rode across on Palm Sunday when he rode up into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem. But also he creates the Valley of the Son of Hinnom, which is the, the Valley of Gehinnom or Gehenna. And Gehenna becomes actually a picture of hell of the place of judgment because he completely, this is where, what was Gehenna used for? Uh, the Valley of the Son of Hinnom or Gehenna was used for child sacrifice. It was used for people to sacrifice their children to Molech. That was the worst abomination of all of the abominations that God's people did. Male cult prostitutes, female prostitutes with their Asherah, um, high places, um, making Asherah poles, all um, weavings and hangings and all this stuff, the worst thing was the offering up of children in sacrifice 
to Molech, which took place in this valley. And so he defiled it. And it became really the trash heap for the city of Jerusalem after that point. It was good for nothing but for the burning of garbage. And so there was an eternal, by the time of Jesus, the valley of Gehenna was just a continual place of fire where constantly, you know, garbage was being added to the fire pile and the fire pile was being turned over and the fire never died and the things never stopped rotting and decaying and being burned. And that was a picture then that Jesus used and others used of what hell is like. But he doesn't just stop in and around Jerusalem. He goes out to the places where Jeroboam had set up the altar at Bethel and in fulfillment of what we read about in 1 Kings 13, which we read about a while ago. You can go back and listen to 1 Kings 13 if you want to find that one. Uh, this was prophesied that a man named Josiah, a king named Josiah, would come and do these things. So he does all this. And then the positive thing he does, which is wonderful, is he restores the Passover. And here's where we read that the Passover, as it was commanded by God in the Book of the Covenant, in the law, this Passover had never been kept since the days of the judges. Not even Hezekiah, not even David kept the Passover as God commanded. So Josiah becomes here the best king of the Old Testament period because he does the most full obedience. And there were the there was the hill that Solomon had set up for his wives and Hezekiah hadn't gotten rid of that. Josiah gets rid of that. And so Josiah does an even more thorough reformation than Hezekiah had done and an even more thorough establishing of the law, especially in the keeping of Passover, than David had done. And yet, and yet, verse 26, still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath by which his anger was kindled against Judah because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. You see, the thing is, if the people had really desired to be loyal to the Lord, if the people had really desired faithfulness to the Lord like they made the covenant here with Josiah, they would have never let Manasseh get away with the stuff he got away with. They would have just said, no, we're not going to worship Asherah and Baal and Molech and we're not going to worship the starry host of heaven. No, forget it. We're not going along with that. You know, there had been revolts, there had been assassinations, but the fact that when people like Manasseh would come up and had said, hey, you can do all this stuff, there are people like, yeah, we'll do all this stuff. Like, that's, that shows where their hearts were. And so they're going to be judged. And that judgment's coming in the very next chapter that we're going to look at tomorrow. But what do we learn from Josiah? Well, we, we do get a picture of what faithfulness is like. But we also get a picture of how even the best human king, even the best human king is but a human being. He's mortal. He dies in battle. He's fallible. He went out to the battle in the first place. And his reformations didn't last because his sons were not brought up well. His sons were not brought up to fear the Lord and to lead the people in righteousness. You know, two of his sons led the, the nation astray. So we need King Jesus because King Jesus changes our hearts by his Holy Spirit King Jesus never dies. King Jesus continues the reformation of the church until he comes again and perfects us in glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for King Jesus, our Savior. Thank you for the 
complete work of reformation and salvation that he alone has done for us. Save us and keep us by your grace through Jesus Christ, our Savior. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, join me again tomorrow for 2 Kings 24 as we move on to the end of Judah's story before the Babylonian exile. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.